Hello and welcome to TOTS, or Thoughts on Things. I'm your host, Ben Gardner. This is episode number two. Today joining me, I have a guest, Nick Spinelli. He's a finance major at the Catholic University of America. He's also going for two minors in entrepreneurship and philosophy. Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Ben. And hello to everyone listening as well. In this episode, we're going to talk about CEO compensation. So this topic has been really hot in the news cycle for a few weeks now. Nick, what is at the base of this? Why are people so upset about the ways in which CEOs are compensated? I think it comes from a place of injustice. Back in 1965, the ratio for CEO pay to median wage earner pay was 20 to 1. Now it's closer to 300 to 1. And I think people are upset about that. They think it's unjust. Uh, The EPI, the Economic Policy Institute, did a study from 1978 to 2013 looking at the rates that CEO pay increased versus the average worker. In that time, CEO pay increased 937%. Wow. Compared to 10.2% for the average hourly worker, all adjusted for inflation. And so I think that gets at the central issue of injustice. I can certainly understand the outrage by some people at those numbers. It's pretty ridiculous that that is how much it's risen for CEOs, but then workers' comp, the average everyday worker, is not really increasing in median salary. So I think that the company kind of at the forefront of this entire conversation is Walmart. Now, a lot of political figures and celebrities have pointed out that last year alone, the CEO of Walmart made almost $24 million in terms of salary. He also had stock options. So, But altogether, he made close to $24 million. While the average worker, the median worker at Walmart, only made $22,000. So with this in mind, why are CEOs like Doug McMillan paid so much more than their median employee? You know, I can think of four reasons why the CEO compensation is high. Not to justify as high as it is, but it's high. I mean, I think of the hard work that the CEOs put in. They're... No one is saying that their job is easy. I'm sure it takes long hours. I'm sure it's a very stressful position, and they have to face a lot of tough decisions. They bear the risk of the success of the company. Secondly, experience. I mean, I think that's a leading factor in terms of CEO compensation, is how experienced is this individual in this industry, and how will that experience be able to translate into future success? Third, I think, goes... uh, in line with competition. Whenever we're talking about Doug McMillan at Walmart, a leading competitor for Walmart is Amazon and competing with their CEO, Jeff Bezos, uh, you're going to need to be paying above the market average whenever you take competition into consideration. And then fourth, I think it has to deal with performance. Uh, The fourth defense would be that we're paying this individual so that our company performs at an above market average rate for future success and they're making a bet that this individual is the one who who will be able to to deliver that promise i absolutely agree i think it's also important to remember that 
the way to think about this as well is that the dignity of work when you're comparing the median worker and the CEO does not change. Both workers and their work have human dignity. It has dignity in the fact that it is a human doing that job and that should always be protected as equal. I think what is different is the effect on the bottom line of the company. The decisions made every day by a store clerk versus the CEO differ greatly in that bottom line effect. If a clerk makes a mistake, let's say they ring somebody up the wrong amount, maybe you're talking about a couple dollars lost or in that realm. If the CEO is to make a massive mistake, like they could on a daily basis because of the size of the decisions, that could be the result of millions of dollars being lost, or if they make a good decision, millions of dollars being made. So I think it's also important to remember, again, the dignity of the work does not change, but the effect on the bottom line is where we're seeing this massive driver of compensation. So given all of this information, Nick, what is your personal view? Is Doug McMillan being paid a ridiculous amount by Walmart? Is it somehow justifiable? What do you think? Um, I do believe that CEOs ought to be paid the most in the company. Should they be paid millions? Sure. I'm not here to suggest how much someone should be paid. But whenever the ratio is over 1,100 times what the average worker in your company is making, I do think that that should give you um, reason to pause. I think that this issue comes down to a, a fundamental misunderstanding of the role of a corporation. Here in the United States, we have this understanding of a principal agent, that the principal is the board and the shareholders, the agent is the CEO, and everything that the CEO does is supposed to increase shareholder wealth. Well, whenever the average shareholder only holds their stock for four months, I think that we're concerned about the wrong constituency. I think we should shift towards a stakeholder-focused view of the corporation. Uh, for instance, Jack Welch, who was the CEO of General Electric, and no one is doubting that Jack Welch was a capitalist or got to take advantage of the CEO compensation uh, package. Very, very successful, man. Very successful. Okay. Jack Welch said that shareholder value is a result, not a strategy, and that your main constituencies are your employees your customers, and your products. And I think as we continue to think about the role of the corporation, specifically in the United States, we ought to shift away from shareholder focus and more towards stakeholder focus. All right, so we are going to take a short break and hear from our sponsor, Anchor. TotsCast listeners, I wanted to tell you about a really cool app and software that I use to make this podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. So first of all, it's completely free. So there's nothing that you're going to have to pay for. They have tons of sound effects, different music. It just makes making a podcast super duper easy. It also helps distribute your podcast on multiple different channels. So you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other podcast listening apps. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means even if no one's listening, you're still going to make some money. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. 
Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so I understand what you're saying about Doug McMillan's compensation. I would be really interested to find out how you feel about Dan Price's plan for his company and how he's compensated. So Dan Price is the CEO of Gravity Payments. They're located in Seattle, Washington. Now, Dan had a conversation with a couple of his employees and a couple employees at other companies in the area and came to the conclusion that he was not paying his employees fairly. Now, it's important to keep in mind that Seattle, Washington is a very expensive place to live and to work. And so when you are compensating people in that sort of region, you have to take into account how much it costs to live in that area. But anyways, Dan Price was getting paid $1.1 million a year. He decided that he was going to slash his pay by 90%. He was going to take home every year $70,000. But not only that, he was going to put that money where his mouth was. And he was going to compensate every single employee that started with him at a minimal rate also of $70,000. That means that the CEO of the corporation would be getting paid the same as a brand new worker. How do you feel about this sort of plan and is this the way that you solve this supposed inequality in the way that CEOs are paid and the way that their workers are paid? No, I don't think so. Uh, for a couple reasons. One, my understanding about Dan Price is that because of this change, he lost a couple, it wasn't just his money, right? It, he This was a, a company-wide policy and so he lost some key management um, players. And I believe his brother, who was also part of the company, quit and is suing him as well, if I'm correct. He did lose two of his top employees who had been with him since the start. And his brother, the co-founder, also did sue him that year to leave the company because he no longer agreed with the decisions being made. Right. Okay. So they they didn't think it was a good idea either. I think that uh, Mr. Price's decision is commendable. And I think that He's, he has the right thought, but what I'm advocating for is not equal pay for all, but equitable pay for all. So in Mr. Price's instance, he had a small enough company that his pay was able to reach out to every single employee. They were able to pay them a little bit more because he took a little bit pay less. But whenever you think about big companies who have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of workers spread across the country, if not internationally, that personal sacrifice has less and less of an effect. And so I would say his heart's in the right place, but a bad policy implementation. Sure. I do think it is commendable, as you said, to put your money where your mouth is and to really say, okay, I'm identifying this as an inequality. And so in order to fix this, I'm going to do what I can in my corner of the world and with my company. Instead of getting paid all of this money, I'm going to decide, okay, I'll take home a very low average and I'm going to make sure that my employees are taken care of. To your later point also, I would also agree. I mean, the main company that we're talking about in this discussion is Walmart. If you do the math and you take away the entire salary of Doug McMillan, and you give it to all of Walmart's 2.2 million employees, they would each see an increase in their pay, in their yearly pay, of only $10.45. 
Now that's before taxes. That also means that's not an increase on their hourly wage. That's just an increase in total on their yearly wage. So One time. what are you really doing and what kind of difference would it really make if he were to put that back into his employees? So Nick, in your opinion, why are people using the topic of CEO compensation as a main argument for a more socialistic society or system of market? I think, again, it comes down to injustice. They've correctly identified that we have an injustice in our society with CEO compensation. I disagree, though, with their means of trying to correct it, right? We can try to correct this injustice by changing the rules, by changing the policies of the capitalist structure. If we upend the whole system and go the direction of a revolution, which is what it would take to actually change our system to a socialist one, we would now be in a system of equal poverty, equal misery, equal limited opportunity. Our incentive structure would be totally wiped away. There would no longer be those incentives there to want to be the CEO, because once you get there, you're only going to be paid the same as a new worker, an average uh, worker in the company. Sure. And I think that's an important point as well when we are talking about Dan Price and kind of that comparison. Um, Again, one of the reasons why two of the managers quit that had been there since the start was because they would be earning the same amount as a new worker. So I think that's really important also to break down. We talk about people in the executive suite as having more experience and being with the company longer typically. So when you're paying everybody the same, like in a socialistic system, what you're doing is you're destroying, like you said, that incentive, but you're also destroying the incentive to stay there. And I think we also have reason to look at the system we have and say, we've already made changes, right? I mean, here in the United States, we have intellectual property Uh, both rights and laws. Sure. We have um, the ability to enforce antitrust practices. Okay. Not to mention, there's all that. So those are two positives. Not to mention on the negative side, we have taxpayer funded bailouts. We have taxpayer funded subsidies. We have trade agreements, which make it easier to outsource American jobs. I mean, the only way that you're going to fix these problems is through policy not through wanting to totally change the system, right? Take, bring up a good idea, bring up a good policy idea. You and I were talking earlier about uh, potential policy implementations. These problems can be fixed, but they're going to take a policy solution. Sure. And I think another thing too, speaking specifically to policy, is that we're not suggesting any sort of specific policy at this time. It's really tough to know as two college students what policy would actually enact that much change and work within the system. We pride ourselves in having a mostly free market, probably one of the freest markets, if not the freest market in the world. So how do we add regulation to that that is just, that is going to allow companies to still be successful, but is going to prevent them from being so successful that they're creating injustice themselves? So, Nick, with all this information in mind, what is your final thought? The main takeaway I hope your listeners gain from this conversation is that 
I'm interested in raising the living standards for most Americans. And I feel that the best way to do that is by improving the lives of their customers, improving the lives of customers and of employees, not by villainizing the men and women at the top, the CEOs. For me, what I hope most people gain from this conversation is that while CEOs might seem to be compensated unfairly, I think that it's not something that we're going to change with just a simple policy or a simple way of thinking about things. This definitely needs to be a conversation that is had more often. It needs to happen within your businesses. It needs to happen within your friend groups. This is certainly not something that we have figured out 100% and certainly not something that we can put a stamp on and say, here's your solution. Um, again, these conversations are going to lead to that solution, but we're still a ways away. It's also important to remember that the companies that we've discussed today are usually pretty large. These are companies that are not taking in a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, but rather tens of millions of dollars a year. It's also important to remember within that, that most companies that are smaller than these companies are not paying their CEOs these exorbitant rates above what the median worker is making. Sure, they are still being paid usually at the top of the organization and more than anyone else. However, it's usually not 300 times or anything like that. All right, well, that just about does it for episode two of TOTS. Thank you so much for being here. And Nick, thank you for coming and sharing your opinions. Thanks, Ben. It was a pleasure to be here with you. It's always a pleasure for me to get to speak with someone who actually cares about what I think. <laughs> of course. 